0: This podcast is generously supported by Zondervan Bibles and the NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible edited by D.A. Carson, featuring notes and articles that help you follow God's redemptive plan as it unfolds throughout Scripture. Find out more at nivbiblicaltheologystudybible.com.
1: Want to learn how to interpret and teach the entire Bible in a way that is Christ-centered and clear? Learn with us here on the Christ-Centered and Clear Podcast.
0: Nate Aiken here with the Christ Centered and Clear podcast where we want to have conversations about seeing Christ in all the scriptures in a way that is clear and life-changing. And you can find out more about Christ Centered and Clear at our website ChristCenteredAndClear.com. You'll find there sermons, articles, and many resources to to help you. Uh, And also please, with this podcast, review it, rate it, share it with friends. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I have with me today on the podcast, uh, twin brother John Aiken, uh, who helps me lead this podcast. And then we also have Jeff Hay, who you've heard from in a previous podcast, pastor in Ireland. We have with us uh, Jason Redberg. So, brothers, thanks for being on the podcast. Jeff, we'll come to you, Chapter 4, and we can work our way through this one, and then, and then we'll take a break. Uh, but Chapter 4, um, give us the summary uh, real quick about what's going on, Daniel 4. Very interesting passage.
1: Great, great passage. Nebuchadnezzar, verses 1 to 3, is praising God, and that's him reflecting back on what has happened in his life. And then, really, then the narrative begins in verse 4 where he has another dream, not like chapter two, this time he tells a dream to uh, people and they don't know how to interpret it. His own guys, along comes Daniel. Uh, and Daniel, now Nebuchadnezzar this time, at this point in the narrative, isn't a, a true believer. Uh, he refers to Daniel with his Babylonian name, but it, he gets a, a vision, a dream, and it's of a tree that, becomes full but then gets chopped and there's only a stump left but it's clear the stump then gets personified and lives among animals and daniel hears the dream and as i think john has been showing the humility of the the characters here of daniel he shows compassion to nebuchadnezzar who had captured him and taken him captive. And he explains a dream to Nebuchadnezzar, and he basically says, you're the tree, and this is your empire, and it's going to be brought to nothing. And then we see from verse 28, uh, it all happens to the king. Uh, He's up on the roof, and he looks at verse 30. Look at all that he has accomplished. Look at what I have done is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty powers, a royal residence, for the glory of my majesty. And, and so it's just pure pride in Nebuchadnezzar here. And then the word, the dream, was fulfilled, verse 33. And he was driven, and Nebuchadnezzar became like a wild animal himself and, and lived amongst the animals. And then just at verse 34 We don't know how long that was, but at the end of the days, Nebuchadnezzar, here we see this transformation. He lifted his eyes to heaven. Here, instead of looking down at all his accomplishments that he thought he had done, he turns to heaven and he praises and honors God. And he acknowledges that God is the most high and to be praised and honored above all. And then right at the very end, Verse 37, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. A key verse at at the end there of the narrative. So it's a great, wonderful transformation miracle in nebuchadnezzar's life from being so proud to being humbled by god and he acknowledges the king above all so that's a sort of summary of the passage
0: john any additional thoughts on summary and textual issues in the text uh no i don't think so jason nope all right jeff then uh give us the christ connections that you drew out
1: well i walked through the whole passage and and showed well, and we could get into that how we are more like Nebuchadnezzar than than Daniel, uh, and yet really just seeing the grace and mercy of God in this passage, uh, in in many ways granting forgiveness and and salvation uh, to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and the key verse the most high is sovereign over the kings of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over them the lowliest of men. That's a repeated phrase. But the connecting to Christ, this is God's mercy and grace. uh, And Christ is in complete contrast to Nebuchadnezzar, whereas he was proud and became and was humbled. God in humility left the splendor of heaven and he came down and humbled himself so that we could receive his mercy. So um, I brought it to Christ more in that theme of the mercy of God and the humility of God shown through Christ in contrast to Nebuchadnezzar.
0: Nebuchadnezzar is redeemed, and we don't see many people name their kids Nebuchadnezzar, but maybe maybe we should think about that. But Kelsey's not going to go for that for
1: our son, unfortunately. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs)
0: Now be a good time to hear from our sponsor. This podcast is generously supported by Zondervan Bibles and the NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible, edited by D. A. Carson. Biblical theology allows you to ponder the individual stories and themes of Scripture while observing how they all fit together in God's grand biblical narrative. That's why this unique study Bible features three articles in introducing biblical theology and twenty-five articles unpacking key themes of Scripture. The NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible contains detailed book introductions, twenty thousand verse-by-verse study notes, twenty-eight theologically rich articles. by authors such as Tim Keller and Kevin DeYoung, hundreds of full-color photos, more than 90 maps, and over 60 charts. All of this allows readers to marvel at the big story while savoring each detail. With a focus on biblical theology and the overarching story of scripture, the NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible helps readers follow God's redemptive plan as it unfolds throughout the scriptures. Find out more at nivbiblicaltheologystudybible.com So, John, Christ Connections in uh, chapter 4. I remember you preached this at a... Um, to a group of students one time and uh, maybe share an illustration about that.
2: Yeah. So, because we'll, I guess we'll get into this with application, but obviously one of the key applications here, and Jeff's already brought that out, is, is pride versus humility is going to be a key point of practical application. I remember preaching this at a ninth freshman and sophomore retreat for a Christian school. And I got, I mean, I'm like 20 years old. I, I don't even know if it was Christ-centered or not, but I said I said at the beginning I said what's going to ha- the temptation you're going to have in this sermon as we talk about pride is thinking about all your fellow classmates who need to hear what I'm talking about but I'm not talking to them I'm talking to you you need to hear this. And so I go through the whole thing and get done and first done a girl runs up to me and was like John that was such a great message man they really needed to hear that. <laughs> and I was like and she goes, I know, I know, I needed to hear it, but they really needed to hear it. And uh, it's just one of those things. And Another time we can talk about preaching and application and how we're all self-justifiers and don't get hit by the text the way we should. But um, I think what's interesting here, and, and I don't know how much of this to bring out in preaching, but I bring some of it out, is Nebuchadnezzar, as Jeff talks about that contrast, Nebuchadnezzar is being presented as a new Adam who has dominion over the entire world. This, this kind of Genesis one language is being used. The, the the idea of a tree that fills the earth and all the birds and so forth like this is this is Genesis one language, uh, and we see him being presented as this new Adam and just like the first Adam, uh, he falls and he falters, uh, and and so there is that contrast I think there. I think mainly I would probably just do Philippians 2 kind of as a connection that Christ is the one who humbles himself and is therefore exalted. I love the verse, and he says it multiple times as as we, um, verse 17 of chapter 4, the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. And so that's ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, the one who humbled himself and was exalted and every knee is going to bow to him. Uh, and so that's that's one of the one of the ways I would that I would do this, but just in, again in terms of biblical theological, um, like Nebuchadnezzar, Israel is right now is a tree that's been chopped down and driven into exile. It's a stump. Isaiah six uh, tells us, and that's going to sprout again. And so in the same way that Nebuchadnezzar, yes, is judged. Goes into exile and then is and then is humbled and is restored to his dominion. The same thing is going to happen with Israel, uh, and ultimately it's fulfilled in Christ, who, who's 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 going to be the humble one um, and not ever fail. And so, the, as he's the king, we need because he's not ever going to fail. But but Christ, um, Christ like. He takes on our sin. He is cut off from the presence of God, and then he is he is restored to the throne. Uh, and so those are some ways i I would maybe uh, make those connections.
0: Yeah, so I see the the Genesis three. I'll make a couple comments and then Jason come to you. But see the connection with Genesis three. I can't remember who said it now. You know, maybe Packer or somebody. The whole Bible is about substitution. That we've tried to put ourselves in the place of God, uh, and then God in the in His grace and the Gospels put Himself in our place. You see this connection? Because I just preached Philippians two. The connection between Genesis three and Philippians two. Adam, though made in the image of God, thinks equality with God is a thing to be grasped. Whereas Jesus, who is actually God, does not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. You see this connection with Nebuchadnezzar. And I just love the humiliation of Jesus, right? He goes, it's not just that God became a man, that's enough, but man became a, this God-man became a servant. And then even more than that, this God-man uh, went to a cross. And so you see this this contrasting with the exaltation of Nebuchadnezzar and then ultimately the humiliation of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, see this played out more more clearly in Christ. So a uh, wonderful picture of his humility that then is brought to the church at Philippi to say, here's how you pursue uh, the same kind of humility. Uh, Jason, other thoughts on Christ connections? We'll hit application as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, nothing to add to what you guys have said. In fact, uh, Jeff and John, you, I wish I would have talked to you before preaching this because you <laughs> – have explained some things that that uh, would have been really really helpful. Maybe I can bridge the gap toward application and just offering yep, um, one of one of the Christ oriented applications that I offered to our people, and that was. The text gives us this picture that has developed um, this unexpected relationship, is what I call it, between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, where obviously Daniel loves Nebuchadnezzar and shows compassion to him. And I just brought out this application. Uh, I said, "Let's, let's make this personal. Sometimes the church is more guilty of this than anyone. We're quick to cry and clamor for sinful people to get what they deserve. Um, and i say I'm not talking about dismissing legal structure, appropriate punishment for wrongdoing, but it's our, our posture. Contrary to the command of Jesus, contrary to what we see modeled by Daniel, we forget that central to the gospel we claim to love is the reality that Jesus got what we deserve so that in him we might receive what we do not deserve. This is the beauty of grace. The innocent became guilty, so the guilty could be declared innocent. And we just see this spirit, this heart of God. this this sort of gospel orientation in the way Daniel interacts with Nebuchadnezzar.
0: Jeff or John, anything add application-wise? I know we've talked a lot about humility, but any specific things
1: you want to add, and then we can move on? No, just how we take pride in so many of our achievements without even realizing it. And I think you summarized Shad and gave them (laughs) sort of nicknames. I basically said there's a little bit of Nebi in all of us (laughs) uh, because we are, yeah. Uh c.s lewis said true humility is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less
0: yeah so jeff Rad, Shad, and benny that's the name uh in the, Rad, uh, Shad, uh, and ve- benny veggie tales for <laughs> shadrach meshach and abednego so yeah, yeah. very good yeah john any uh, last thoughts on chapter four yeah just
2: just real quick i would say one is that you have uh to jeff's point about the humility is the, the idea is that everything Nebuchadnezzar has has been given to him by God. And so why should we ever be prideful when everything we ever have, I mean, even the ability to work, comes from God? And so just having that kind of proper perspective. And then I think also, again, I just want to emphasize, uh, as Jason did, the love of, uh, and, and Jeff brought this out as well, the love of Daniel for Nebuchadnezzar. He, he says, my Lord, may this dream be for those who hate you. Uh, and, and so he, he this is no this is no baloney here this is like Daniel genuinely loves Nebuchadnezzar, which I don't know why in the world he does uh, other than just the work of God in his life it, it doesn't make any sense but you see that kind of genuine compassion and so I do think that that also has implications for application in terms of witness and those kinds of things he's he's pleading with him to repent basically you have an opportunity to recognize this to humble yourself to repent. Uh, that's kind of our role uh, with people as well. And then just one other thing I'll bring out just real quick, which I think is just an interesting uh, connection as we as we look forward to other uh, chapters is that Nebuchadnezzar is turned into a beast, right? And then you have, and, and that the kingdom's going to be handed over to the lowliest of men. And in Daniel 7, this is the whole vision is that the beasts are stripped of their dominion and it's given to the son of, you know, the son of Adam, the son of man. Uh, and so just, we see again, as we're talking about how the narrative sets up The prophecy, we're seeing God again and again give these hints to his people
0: like, hey, my plan is gonna come to fruition. Thank you for listening to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at Clear at gmail.com and please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources.